Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. The gentleman standing across from me thinks he's better than you. His name's Jackson Burkett. Good morning, Jackson. Hey. I'm better than you. We're going to act like we haven't been doing a show for the last three hours together. That's what we're doing right now. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you all day. Yeah, no, it's fun. I haven't talked to you since yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Today, we uh, talk Cardinal baseball and a great deal of it with the playoffs starting tomorrow. Dan McLaughlin is going to join us in our Cardinal playoff report here on 101 ESPN. It's presented by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Heating system tune-up and safety check for $69. SwissAirSTL.com. Dan is going to join us coming up at 1045. Uh, Jackson has presented what I would describe as a smorgasbord of questions, not just for me, but for you as well. And you are welcome to text in 657806578. Jackson Cardinals, Phillies tomorrow. You know it's Zach Wheeler. Yep. Cardinals faced him twice this year. They didn't score a run either time against him. Uh, who will be on the mound for the Cardinals? Because Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, who I am a big fan of. I really like Ben. Hey, he's great. Uh, sometimes I disagree with his opinions, but that doesn't mean I dislike him. Mm-hmm. We call it civil discourse. Yeah, you can. Which reminds me, you can uh, text in via Comfort <laughs> Service text line 65780. He says maybe the Cardinals should consider Jose Quintana for the game one start. Yeah, and I understand the rationale on that. I just think a guy who's given it to you pretty consistently, I mean, outside of like one or two bad starts, one of those being in Denver, he's really been rock solid this year. And I think it's a big boost to his confidence uh, to give it to Michaelis. But I also understand the case for Quintana, and I'd be very disappointed if Quintana wasn't in there for game two. I might need some time to buy here because I'm about to sneeze. So you okay. can talk about the Timberwolves or whatever direction you want to take it. Yeah, actually, I'd like to get into, you know, what Donovan Mitchell can really add to that Cavaliers backcourt, you know, with him and Darius Garland. Oh, there it was. Oh, it's perfect because I, I was running out of sweet, steam. Sweet release. <laughs> I was running out of steam. Bless you, Tim. Mm. King Scott of the Riz Show walked by and looked in here as that was going on. and Impressed. He doesn't really get shaken often but i could tell he was alarmed by what he saw going on in here uh so we had a we had a little donovan take is that what we got i just want i want to see how he affects the uh the backcourt there in cleveland uh tim your yes yes is the greatest open in the history of radio that's from the 870 i concur couldn't agree more with that these cardinals don't stand a chance i've never seen a softer group of athletes who are only worried about the money and not winning they have no toughness whatsoever that's from merle and he is in oakville almost they are almost as soft as you two weenies that's from (laughs) merle 
and he is in Oakville, so he is not a fan of us or the Cardinals' chances. The Cardinals, for the record, are minus 140 to win this series. Wow. Minus, minus 140. 140. Wow, it sounds like you were taken aback by that. I would have thought like minus 120. I mean, huh? pretty evenly matched teams. I guess the advantage of being at home is pretty big. Um, I like the 1 p.m. start tomorrow. A little afternoon baseball. Afternoon tomorrow, 7.30 on Saturday. Didn't yeah. want to go up against Missouri and Florida, I guess. How, they're, they're smart. They know better. Uh, and then 7.30 on Sunday night. Somebody who gets up at 5 in the morning, 4.30. Yeah, not optimal. Uh, it's not optimal. Do? What are you going to do? Um, if you had to bet whatever amount of money that, that means something to you, and I realize that's different than everybody else here. Um, yeah. Which team are you taking in the wild card round? You have eight choices. Your confidence level is the highest for which team? The Padres. Wow. Yeah, I think the Mets are so destined to come crashing down, and the Padres are a team that kind of like, not sandbag, but... Stayed back a little bit. They're uh, they're like a horse that stayed back in the race, and now that they're on the final stretch, they're going to go sprinting. Look at you! Yeah, how about I, that? I've actually, I, I just I've seen it happen in the Mets a thousand times. Boy, I it's weird because I see that they're maybe I'm missing something. I really like the Rays against uh, the Guardians. Yeah, but I, I maybe I'm missing. I feel like maybe I'm missing something. I feel like a lot of people are going out. Oh, the Guardians are the favorite. We're both on the road, dogs. Yeah, I just I'm a I buy stock on the Rays. I feel like the Rays, like the like the Yankees are like Duke and Alabama and the Cowboys. They just have brand power, even if they don't necessarily have the talent. There's just a a feeling that they're good because of the recognition they get. And I feel like the Rays are the exact opposite. Mm. They are the anti chalk. Yeah. Okay. And they're playing against a team that if that team were in any other division, including the National League Central. I don't think they would have won. Right. Yeah. So that's that's my reasoning. And hey, maybe I'll be off the mark. Um, Jackson asks for uh, favorite moments of the Cardinal season. Yeah, the little piddles trip down memory lane. Um, at what point did you truly believe the Cardinals were contenders? Most significant sliding doors moment of the 2022 season. Team MVP. And biggest surprise. Of the season, I like these questions that you have posed for today's program, uh, and that allows the audience to get involved with these questions as well. And then finally, as someone like yourself, and this is Jackson talking to me, and I am reading the questions he asked, and we really haven't figured out why we do this. We just do it. As someone like yourself who has watched baseball since the early 80s, you certainly have a good idea of what makes a winning ball club in October. From your perspective, what is the DNA of nearly every successful playoff team over the years? Bullpen, starting pitching, timely hitting, a combo of everything. What do you see in the Cardinals team that leads you to believe in their success? And what gives you pause? Jackson, I don't know if I'm getting better at teasing or not. I I feel teased. But, well, I haven't done it yet. I know, that's what makes it so good. Meta. You listed a bunch of options, but you didn't list the answer I'm going to go with. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I need to sit down. In my experience of watching playoff baseball, and it is not absolute, it's how you are playing going into the postseason. Wow. 
which kind of seems logical, but I just have yet to see a team that was kind of, I almost used profanity, so I got I to gotta check myself. It was kind of fumbling around. Uh, I, yeah. We've all been there. Amen. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the playoffs roll around, and then they just, they just get going. It's just not the way historically it works. Now, the team that won the World Series, the Cardinals, in 2006, was fumbling around a bit, but literally right as the playoffs started, they got healthy. And that was, and also their opposition, the NLCS, was not healthy. And so you had to, so that's what I'm saying. It's not absolute. But I think the World Series team that, you know, of course, the most recent World Series team here in St. Louis is an obvious example of being hot. I mean, I, I don't even know what could be compared to it. Right. They were red Because that went on for, you know, about two months of just right. and, and again, I, the other thing I want to emphasize that 2011 Phillies team they beat in the first round was one of the best teams I have seen in my life as a baseball fan, and they beat them in the first round. Um, with that all said, I think a lot of Cardinal fans would say the 2004 Cardinals were the best team they have seen. Now you got to be older, and maybe you would cite a team from the 60s or something along those lines. I don't know. I can't speak to it. I always say the 85 Cardinals, but you know that that might just be the uh, the nostalgia kicking in. And, and the 2004 team was better. I don't. I don't think the 2004 team had great pitching once Chris Carpenter went out. With that said, you saw what happened when they ran into a team that was on a heater in the Red Sox. So, I suppose if you say a team is playing really well, then there have to be things that they are doing really well. Right. And what usually happens, it seems to me, is that of course your core guys are going to perform well, but other players are going to emerge who you didn't expect. So to me, and granted it's a best of three, but the thing to keep an eye on starting at 1 o'clock tomorrow when the Cardinals take on the Phillies for both teams is, and, and, and here's another thing about it, it's not just who you wouldn't expect for either team, because it can cut both ways, of course, who starts popping, uh, and by that I mean producing, but also, and this is where I really dig deep into the weeds of nerding out on baseball, you can tell who's taking good at bats, I think, and also their contact. Because um, you're facing a different level of starting pitching than you've faced, especially for the Cardinals, for the most part, over the last few weeks when you look at the Cardinals' schedule. I mean, Definitely. this, is, this yeah. has been a, <laughs> this has been, you know, the AAA tour here. Yeah, a little cruise control. Uh, and you are also, with the exception of that West Coast road trip, and you also have the intensity. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a mental element to performing in October. You know, people talk about the clutch gene, and you can't define it. I don't know if, if analytics can define it, but David Freeze didn't just do what he did in Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. He also did it in Game 5 of the 2012 NLDS uh, Series deciding win against the Nationals when the Cardinals had to come back, and he had to battle yet again. And on that podcast that may never be released with me, him, and Pat Maroon. And I asked him about it, and he just like, yeah, I just I, I like having that opportunity. There are some guys, if I went NBAing, which I know, and I saw your eyes light up like a lovely lady just walks past you when I said if we went NBAing, 
There was a guy in the early 2000s. I wonder if you know where I'm going with this. Chauncey Billups. No. He actually has a name for, if I'm not mistaken, for being the guy who would hit game-winning shots. Oh, Robert Ory? Yes. Big Shot Bob. Yes. You, that you just knew. Yeah. Yadier Molina in September. It's like, it just, there are just, in Yadier Molina, I'm in game seven in 2006 at Chase Stadium. It's There's just certain people. Albert Pujols would be an obvious answer that's, kind of obvious considering what he has done in his career but there are just certain people who rise to the occasion and with regards to playoff baseball you will see people take really good at bats and then you will see some guys who you're going oh boy that doesn't look good and then you also see pitchers the microscope's on you especially a middle reliever these are the guys we're not talking about. We're talking about Wheeler and Nola and Michaelis and Quintana and whoever else is in there. It sounds like a lot like there's some flarity momentum from Ali Marmol. Uh, I don't know if that's starting or if that is just being ready to go right away tomorrow. Uh, that you see them tighten up. Neftali Feliz was incredible in 2011. But if you can read body language, oh, God. You know, right. he when Freeze was battling him in that at bat, he was gassed. Yeah, and there's just something to be said for people who want the stage and people who run from it. The Cardinals have some guys who have been on the stage before. Now, certainly the Phillies do as well. I don't want to dis- disregard that, but that is a th- these are intangibles. These aren't okay. He hits well against left-handers in the daytime. You know, these are the things that I've observed in playoff baseball. Right. And there are people who rise to the occasion. Unfortunately, there are people who don't. You just want the ones who don't to be on the opposition. So that's how I look at it if a team is playing well. Now, unfortunately, Cardinals, their record's been fine, but I don't think they necessarily played well. If the Cardinals are going to advance, somebody other than Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Pujols is going to have to produce offensively. I don't see any other way around it. And I don't know who that's going to be. But it's just the way that it tends to work in the postseason. Your thoughts are welcome. We have a table set here. Dan McLaughlin is going to join us at 1045. Your favorite regular season Cardinal moment in 2022. Question number two. At what point did you truly believe the Cardinals were contenders? Number three. Most significant sliding doors moment. Number four. Team MVP. And number five. Biggest surprise of the season. And number six. Uh, what is it that stands out to you uh, the teams need in order to go into a deep run in the postseason? Uh, all of those are welcome via the text line. That's the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780, or you can leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. My name is Tim McKernan. We'll come back and tend to those questions next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let the beat drop. Let the beat drop. How'd that go? Right, I think people are getting, like, popping their heads in their cars. Right. Oh, it really worked. I'm going to use that more. I'm excited about myself. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, 65780 Jackson is laying the foundation with a wonderful series of, of questions. 
Uh, and uh, Jackson, I'm going to go to you for your Cardinal playoff and also regular season recap. Lil Piddle's trip down memory lane is what it's called. Yeah. You're on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Favorite regular season Cardinal moment? Go. Albert's first home run in St. Louis. That put a huge smile on my face. And Danny Mac's call of, you know, home run in St. Louis, like he never left Albert. I thought that was really awesome. That's my favorite. That's my favorite moment. Mine is biased, and it's when I my, was at the Cardinal game with my my wife and my Absolutely. older son, and uh, and it was his first game ever, and Albert hit a grand slam. I, to, to, like, go with something other than that would be... Disingenuous. Yeah, because that's immediately what comes to mind. And I realize that's personal, but that was that's one of the favorite moments of my sports fandom, yeah. you know, and the fact that I have it on my phone and saved forever is even better. So that's my, that's a that's personal so awesome. bias. I wonder what people would say. Well, I mean, I'll look in the text text line, 65780, text yours, and I'm sure we're missing. Uh, I would think Albert's first at bat on opening day is probably up there. Um, Isn't it interesting that number 700 might not get mentioned as much right, because of the set of circumstances? Yeah, How weird is that? But I, yeah, you know. Yeah, not wrong. I think, and a lot of people like you might have like individual experiences where they went with their parents or with their children and got to see these legends and the Cardinals play this year. So that could be, you know, a lot of people might have personal stories like that. But uh, I think mine probably be pretty popular. And maybe that Yankee series, people like as like a three game moment. I think people really glommed onto that. Uh, question number two on Lil Piddle's trip down memory lane for the Cardinal 2022 season. At what point did you truly believe the Cardinals were contenders? Jackson, go. Uh, I just alluded to it with the Yankee series, but more specifically, that Saturday game was that like they won like one nothing right against the Yankees. It, that was Montgomery starting. Montgomery's first team. start. That was the one because the night before they uh, had came from behind. If I'm not mistaken, there was the three games were one was a slugfest, one was a pitcher's duel, and the other was a come from behind. And that whole series, I felt they just did that against one of the best teams in baseball with these new free agent moves, that's when I said these guys are contenders. The trade deadline, you mean, I assume? Yes, yes. Uh, so um, for me, it was the series of days with the Brewers trading hater and the anger that was coming out of the Milwaukee clubhouse, mm-hmm. along with the Cardinals acquiring Montgomery specifically, and, and my reason for that is not to downplay Quintana, but Quintana was one of those names that was out there, and that... That alone, I was just like, God, that's all they're going to do, and it's not going to be enough. The Montgomery one combined with Quintana, combined with the Brewers' moves, because the question isn't when did I like get right. on. It was, it was when did the Cardinals become a contender in my mind, and at that moment I actually thought they might just have won the division. I recall talking about yeah, not the odds. The odds and going, the Brewers can't win this. They can't. They don't have the talent, and on top of it now, mentally and emotionally in that clubhouse, they are irritated. And that is why I was so focused on this trade deadline in 2022, because I knew that there was a sense in the Cardinal clubhouse that the organization hadn't made moves in 16, 17, 18, um, and uh, 21, and whether it be selling or buying, and that was a source of frustration, that when they did that and they reinvested and really didn't give up all that much, that was enough to win the National League Central when you combine it with the Brewers being irritated and also lessening themselves by trading Hater. Now, I want to reemphasize it again because I feel like whenever the time comes that we're writing the 2022 Cardinals obituary, if indeed they are not the world champions, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about offense. And the 
high that exists at this moment on a beautiful day, 24 hours out from a playoff game, when hopes are as high as ever because you have the optimism of starting the postseason with everything at home. Yep. You feel like you're going to win, which is what I feel like the sense is in St. Louis. The crash that can come from a quick exit. The fact that you, oh my God, that was it for Yadier Molina. Yeah. Oh my God, that that's it for Albert Pools. Is that it for Adam Wainwright? Holy crap, the Cardinals outfield went a combined two for 16. Right. Oh, who's going to play shortstop? Who's going to play catcher? Yeah. Is Wainwright coming back? Who's going to start? Th- that 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 is a crash. You see what I'm saying? If yeah. you, you're right here, you're up here right now. Yeah, roller coaster could drop. And then it's just like that. And so what I what I what concerns me as far as a championship, what, which wasn't your question, this is an addendum, is they just didn't tend to the offense. Not the trading Bader. I thought that was addition by subtraction. That's nothing personal against Harrison Bader, who I know and like. It's you know, it's not that. It's it's just they have an offensive issue here, at least seemingly. And I know people will point to their run scored and where it ranks. And I would say put other teams around baseball and let them play the Pirates, Reds, and Cubs 18 times and see if their run production would increase. Uh, and uh, and you have where I'm coming from with the run scored statistic. Uh, most significant sliding doors moment. I always like talking sliding doors. Allow me to define sliding doors for the audience. In case you don't know, Sliding Doors was um, an award-winning picture with the delightful American-born, now British-speaking Gwyneth Paltrow. Was that 1998? Sounds about right. Townsend Miss Ripley was 99. All right. So uh, she was in that. And seven was in 1996. I want to say 95. With my fraternity brother, William mm-hmm. Bradley Pitt. Yeah. William C. McGinley is great in that, too. Uh, and John C. Uh, that she was getting on, what do they call the subway in London? You, you, you is, the tube? Thank you. I mean, as a South St. Louis guy, London is something that I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> uh, so she's trying to get on the tube, and the doors slide, and she doesn't get on, and so she doesn't find out that her gentleman lover is cheating on her, and then the movie begins to run parallel with, what would have happened had the doors not closed? The sliding doors. And she gets on, she gets home early, and then she finds her gentleman lover engaging with another lady. And the, the film plays out from there. What would have happened had the sliding doors closed? What happened if the sliding doors not closed? So sliding doors moment. What do you got? 1998, by the way. For 1998. Yep. Nice. I was born. Um, for me, it's kind of, it's just an easy one. I'll kind of lay it out. Like, because the work stoppage, because they renegotiated the CBA, is that correct? With the work stoppage, that was what they were negotiating. The NL got the DH. Without the NL getting the DH, the Cardinals never signed Albert Pujols, or most likely wouldn't have signed Albert Pujols. You don't get this magical season where you get to watch 700, and you miss out on all that power production in the final two and a half months. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I guess going into the season, I knew that the DH was coming anyway. So for me, it wasn't something that it was a as significant. Yeah, or or what I would, but I but I get where you're coming from because without that, then you don't have all of this. And on top of it, now, I mean, it's just understood he is going to be in the starting lineup, right? And that is not the case. He's not on the team if they don't have that. Uh, sliding doors moment and what transpired that took this thing from where it was. I mean, it's, it's I, I don't like the answer because I feel like I already used it, but it was the trade deadline. 
Yeah. No, I mean that, but that would, if that's what you think is the most impactful. That's, that's, that's what it will. I don't, I, maybe somebody will text something in or has, I just haven't been looking at the text inbox where, yeah, if this wouldn't have happened. Um, but, but from my standpoint, I think the Cardinals probably still win the division. Yeah. Without Montgomery and Quintana, which isn't necessarily a commentary on their strength so much as it is a weakness in the division. Right. But that did give them a jolt. You oh, know? yeah. It, 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 that's the thing. It gave You could tell that the team was so fired up to have those two additions. Yep. And again, I want to focus on the Montgomery one, not because he's been the better pitcher, but because that was one that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, theoretically, it opened the door for Dylan Carlson to know he's the guy. Unfortunately, he hasn't taken it and run with it yet, but maybe this is his coming out party here over the next month. Uh, next question, in the Little Piddles trip down memory lane, team MVP. I don't like this question, and I'll tell you why. If you have the National League's MVP, then therefore, is that player not the team's MVP? Do you I see where I'm coming saying. from? I but think you can refute. Please refute. The floor is yeah. yours. And so I'll kind of reword this question in a sense. Let's take Paul Goldschmidt out of the equation because he's the NL MVP. And it'd be tough to say that he that somebody is had been better than him. Arnado's had a great season, don't get me wrong, but Goldschmidt is the clear cut best player on the team this year. So for the purpose of parity, we'll take Goldschmidt out of it. And so for that, I think the play right there is Arnado, not only for what he does at the plate, but because he's so good in the field, I feel like pitchers, especially at the bullpen, feel so much more comfortable against right-hand hitters about pitching the contact because they know they got a guy like Nolan Arenado there who can throw a guy out from anywhere. Well, I agree with everything you're saying, except I still just, the, the question's value. It's like, well, if, if, now if we take Goldschmidt and Arenado out, because Arenado's going to finish in the top five in the MVP balloting yeah. as well. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's just an obvious answer. Now you go, who beyond that? And then you start to go into the, you know, yeah, you a little bit more into the tank. Yeah, you can have some fun answers with that one. And then you got to go, I think, Albert Pools, which right. is bizarro world. <laughs> right. You know, Michaelis. Yeah. Michaelis. I mean, you can make, I'm telling you, can make a case for Yachty because what he looked, what the team looked like when he was in Puerto Rico versus when he came back, it's a, that's a significant difference. Uh, biggest surprise of the season. <sighs> that's a tough one. That one I was thinking about a lot yesterday because there's been I mean there's been a lot of surprises the like the like I guess the chalky answer in a sense is like how good Albert's been. That's but that's a, that's a legit answer. It I'm is. gonna go I'm gonna kind of go kind of like when time names somebody who's like a dictator as right. the man the of the year. Most polarizing. Right. I I would say because Paul DeYoung's production honestly wasn't surprising. It's why I was on the shortstop thing all last off season. Uh, the biggest surprise, even though I was also shorting the outfield production, uh-huh. you know, sometimes outliers are good. And by that, I mean, oh, look at this Cardinal outfield and how well they hit last year. Well, look at how they've hit throughout their career. Maybe that was the outlier. Right. Um, but how we go in, we are 26 hours away from the start of the playoffs and the Cardinals are the favorite. And I have no idea who will be in the outfield for the Cardinals. Yeah. That's, that, and that's, they are here with anarchy, you know, yeah. in, in the outfield. Angels in the outfield, anarchy in the outfield. That is, I, and I, again, that's coming from somebody who wasn't high on the outfield, but it, it didn't mean I thought it was going to be this. I just thought people were overvaluing the bats in the outfield because there was the thought process of what happened in 2021. But for it to be what it has been is really, really surprising. 
Albert Pujols production more surprising. Yeah. But how surprising uh, on the negative side the outfield's production has been that that that's something I did not see coming. Uh, your answers to the questions are welcome. We'll read those. Dan McLaughlin coming up as well with our Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Cardinal playoff report. That's at 1045. Tim McCartan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Getting a million texts on the Little Piddles questions for today. So tip of the cap, you've activated the audience and Thank not just you. with that pool update. The former champ, the champs of last year. Fighting in practice already. I'll tell you what, we're getting a lot of Brendan Donovan texts. Yeah, I, I, I thought that. I was thinking about that, too. He's been so great. Um, now, but the one thing I would tell you about Brendan Donovan is he was flashing in spring training. Right. Um, and then he did not come up with the club, and then he got up here and really hasn't turned back since. So I would agree with that. I mean, going into spring training, was he somebody that was even on my radar? I don't even know if I knew who he was, to be honest with you. Uh, but I just remember watching spring training games or uh, the coverage going into the season, and then he didn't make the team. But I remember he was flashing during spring training. I'm going, I wonder who this guy is. It just seems like somebody. But, I mean, that's kind of my job. For the card- the casual Cardinal fan, or even a Cardinal fan who would consider themselves more than a casual fan, I would understand how that is like a completely out-of-nowhere thing. So I think that is a really good answer. Uh, the turning point of the season, I think, was when Molina was healthy enough to kick a basketball, and I knew he would be back after that. That's from Merle in Oakville. Uh, let's see what we got. Tim, uh, there's no way in hell the Cardinals win the division without the deadline acquisition. You say that as if the Cardinals didn't need those two starting pitchers based on the Cardinals' history at the trade deadline not doing anything. If they didn't need them, they wouldn't have acquired them. That's from the 314. I really respect that text, and I want to I emphasize that before I, before I spend a few minutes destroying it. But what I said was I think the Cardinals still could have won the division without the trade, but that is not necessarily speaking to the Cardinals' strength so much as was speaking to the incredibly warm garbage that was the 2022 National League Central and how the Brewers trended closer to the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds after their uh, trades and how uh, there was really not much competition for the Cardinals. That's what I'm speaking to. The Cardinals had no chance of going on the run they went on specifically in August without those trades. And the Cardinals became exponentially better once they acquired Quintana and uh, Montgomery. But uh, my point on my observation is the division so bad that the Cardinals may have been able to win it without those guys. That's what I'm saying. Uh, But as I... We have been vocal about before the trade deadline and since i love the moves that they made i wish there could have been a move made for offensive help i hope that does not burn them but uh that is why i make the observation with regards to the national league central it isn't necessarily thinking that they didn't need them you want to win a world series you had to make those moves i think you want to win a world series i think you had to acquire a bat as well yeah but um once they had made those moves and the brewers traded hater that was it. And the Brewers were still favorites to win the Central. That is, you don't you don't get moments like that in the world of 
buying stocks or gambling, depending on however you... Uh... Tim, I would say Ryan Helsley is the biggest surprise. Uh, yeah, that's a, ni- that's a nice, more under-the-radar play, because I think I think at this point people take him for granted. That, that by the way, the injury he has, I know people don't want to hear this, but i got to keep an eye on it. Yeah, That's not something that... And, and understandably, well, he says he's fine. Of course he says he's fine. I say I'm tall. <laughs> Because you don't know if right. you don't know, right? But I'm a little, I'm a little. He hasn't been out there in a in a situation like okay, here comes the, here comes Schwarber and Harper, and it's a one run lead. Yeah, and your finger hurts. Yeah, you're not gripping it like you normally do. Cold weather, not optimal. I, I, it's just that's just, you know, I, I can't I can't dismiss it. I guess it's, right. When I saw it, I, when I saw it, I was like, I, that's not that's like the last thing I wanted to see because he's your ace closer. And a jam finger, you know, while it sounds kind of minuscule, can linger, swelling. You're gripping the baseball. It's going to be tough. Uh, all right, Dan McLaughlin is going to give us his perspective on the season and on the upcoming series with the Phillies. Dan McLaughlin joins us coming up next. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The hunt for Red October is back for the birds. We're getting you set with a Red Bird playoff report on 101 ESPN. Presented by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Heating system tune-up and safety check for just $69. SwissAirSTL.com. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. And it is our pleasure here for our Cardinal playoff report. Brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. To welcome Dan McLaughlin to the radio program. Good morning, Dan. Hey, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Hey, can, I, can, I, can I do a 2022 retrospective with you before we get into the Cardinals and Phillies? Because you got to see it all and, and be a part of so much of what was a season that I think, and, and I, 25 years you're on the sure, call. Baby. By the way, 25 years on the call. 25 years. And you're a young man. You're a spry man to have 25 years. I can't believe I made it this long. And neither can most of the people that listen. <laughs> uh, the, 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 when, when you think of these moments, I think that this season is, is so unique in comparison to other Cardinal division-winning teams, playoff teams, because you had a great team running parallel with incredible nostalgic moments along with ridiculous individual accomplishments. So you got to call it all and see it all. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the 2022 season? I think you summed it up very well. Um, I think when you look at the the team, it's very reminiscent to me of like the 04 team, where especially in the second half, you had the MV3 going. Um, mm-hmm. And I look at Arenado, Goldie, and, and Albert. Yeah. I think Albert's the second half MVP, maybe of the National League. Uh, he's that good. He's been that good. So he carried this team. And then on top of it, so that's the comparison with the, the team that I feel like. But in terms of just the season, it's unlike anything I've ever seen in, in doing 25 years of the, of the Cardinals just because you had two iconic players, two of the most popular players going out at the same time, and both with iconic moments along the way, especially Albert, obviously Yachty with some milestones with putouts and the start with Adam. But um, it's a season that you'll never see again, in my opinion. I, I just don't think yeah, you will. I agree with you. And I don't think, I don't think you're going to see a player like Albert ever again. So it's, uh, it's different in that regard, and that's what made it so special. You got to see so much of it and call so much of it. Your favorite moment of the 2022 regular season? 
Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, there's a lot. It's easy to say 700, but I, I really loved his home run against the Cubs um, in his final at-bat against Chicago, and they decided to pitch to him, yeah. and he call. burned him. It's a nice play. That's um, a nice play, yeah. I, I think that one is, is an iconic moment of this season, and I would think his home run the other night is too. Um, the fact is, is that he, it's his final regular season home run, and so that's significant in that regard. But in that, he passes Babe Ruth and runs batted in. I mean, that that in one swing of the bat, think about that. It's his final home run, and he passes, runs batted in, uh, past the, ba- the, the Babe. So to move into second place all time. Those are probably two of my favorites. But there was a bunch in this second half. I mean, he had a game against Arizona, Albert did, that um, was just awesome. I think his game in Toronto was awesome. Uh, what he did down the stretch was incredible that weekend in Pittsburgh. So there, there's so many moments that come to mind. His first home run back in St. Louis, I think, is an iconic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're asking me for one, and I, I think maybe that my favorite personal one was the the home run hit against the Cubs because it's the Cardinals, it's the Cubs. The place is packed. It's a Sunday afternoon. He pinch hits and he hits a bomb. First base is open, and yep. they pitch to him. Yep. And I later found out Albert was – watching the visit with David Ross and the pitcher, I think it was Hughes. And they basically, he said, he goes, I read his lips. He said, he's going to go, I'm going to get him. I'm going after him. I'm going to get him. And they said, okay, well, not a, not the wise choice with first base open and a lefty on the mound, and he hits one to the moon. So oh, that's that's like the Michael awesome. Jordan last dance gif of I took that personally. Yeah, and exactly. then he yeah. then he delivered. Uh, well, it, it has been an incredible regular season, as as you were saying, and I agree. I don't know how you can ever have one similar to this with, at the very least, two legends uh, going out and the Cardinals having the caliber of season they did, along with 700 home runs, an MVP, and Goldschmidt probably two in the top five with Arenado. Uh, and now the, the page turns to the postseason. And uh, what I would imagine we're going to see is some volatility in the first round because of a best of three series. I am curious to see how things play out with these teams who have to sit around for a few days before playing again, the top two seeds in each league. Let's start with the Cardinals and the Phillies. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup and what benefits the Cardinals and where are the advantages for the Phillies, Dan? Well, I think the keys are in this series. Number one, the Cardinals are a way, way better defensive team. I mean, they, they are excellent defensively. The Phillies have struggled defensively, so that would be something that comes to mind, especially when you have a team like the Cardinals that runs the base as well. Uh, the health of Bryce Harper would be of uh, massive concern for me going into this postseason if I'm the Phillies. Um, he's not been right since he's come back after uh, injuring his hand. He'll DH. He's got an issue with his throwing arm. So um, that would be of concern for me is just seeing Harper. Now, again, when the lights turn on and this thing's real, he may turn into the MVP candidate and MVP player that he is. I love watching the guy play. Um, I think the Cardinals have an advantage in their bullpen, and so that would be something to look at. But the, the, the issues I have with the Cardinals right now are, number one, getting Goldie back to Goldie. Mm-hmm. Um, his last four to five weeks, he has not been that player it does show you, though, because I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think he is the MVP of the National League. And he did not have a great finish, and yet still look at the numbers and where he's at, leading in OPS, on-base percentage, top five, and you know the main car- uh, categories of average home runs, runs batted in, and so forth. But uh, Arenado, too, just, just getting him back and locked in. And if those two guys are locked in, I'm not sure there's a team out there that's going to, to be able to beat them in a short series just because they could carry him. 
And then the wild card in this whole thing is Albert Pujols. Yeah. And he, he, for me, plays in every situation. Lefties, righties, doesn't matter. He's in my lineup every single game. So just a general broad brush of, of this would be that. I also think because the Phillies have not been in the postseason since 11 when the Cardinals knocked them out, it's a different stage. And you got a couple of guys in Wheeler and Nola that will be on the main stage. And they're really good. Don't get me wrong. They're excellent pitchers, especially Wheeler against St. Louis. He's dominated the Cardinals, but they're going to have to try to figure him out here early on and, and try to set the tone. I, I was talking in the first segment, Dan, that uh, in order for a team to go deep into the postseason, usually someone, in this case, drawing an analogy, not named Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Albert Pujols, will have to emerge at some point. I mean, people weren't going, well, David Freeze might go off in October heading into 2011. So, with that said, who do you think is the best candidate as far as likelihood that, that would be a non-Goldschmidt, Arenado, or Pujols to emerge and really help the offense this October? Tommy Edmond. Yeah. And when you look at the beginning of the season, when Goldie and Arenado were doing their thing, they carried this team. Uh, Albert was not Albert until the second half. Now, there's some nice moments in there, but not like what we're seeing right now. So I would say Tommy Edmond because he and Donovan, and I'll put Donovan in this too, we're getting on base in front of those two. And if those two get on in front of Goldie and Arenado, then you have a shot. And I loved what I saw from Tommy Edmond um, yesterday, having a couple of days off. I mean, when he gets a little rest, he comes back with a vengeance because he has used so much in the regular season that we've seen him. I just think it's human nature. He probably gets a little exhausted towards the end of the year and when you're pushing to get into postseason play like they've had to the last couple of years you got to ride them into the ground and they've done that and I think they gave them a little break here and it could be beneficial for them and if Alec Burleson is on the uh, roster I like the swings of what he was given the Cardinals here in that final series in Pittsburgh I know the results weren't there but he was starting to square the ball up and I'm just taking a total wild card and that's a wild card of all wild cards but maybe Somebody like that is somebody that you know that can get hot in this postseason, and and let's see if he's the the hitter that they think he is going to be and was at Memphis this year. Final question: We have thirty seconds. Who do you think is the Cardinal rotation in this series? I'd go Quintana. I'll go Michaelis game two, and I think game three could be a a variation of of basically a bullpen start. I could see like a Stephen Matz huh? starting that game because. You've got Schwarber and uh, uh, Harper right. at the top. You know, so neutralize the lefties, make it a bullpen game, and go with all matchups in Game Three. That would be a wild card guess. There it is, Quintana. Momentum for Quintana in Game One. Dan, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Congratulations on 25 years with the Cardinals in the booth. That is incredible. Thank you, buddy. Means a lot. All right, brother. We appreciate it, man. Take it easy. You got it. Thanks. That's Thanks, Dan. Dan McLaughlin with us here on Balloon Party. And it wraps it up. BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.